Lord, thank you so much for your grace and for your mercy and for your love. Thank you so much for your precious Holy Spirit who leads us and guides us and talks to us. Thank you so much for every good gift and every perfect gift that you have for us. And we thank you so much for the word that you have for us tonight. Lord, I speak that these, that the word that you would speak through me, glory to God, the word that you would speak through me, that it falls on hearing ears and understanding hearts in the name of Jesus, and that the seed of your word takes root and brings forth 30, 60, and 100 fold in the name of Jesus. The Holy Spirit, I surrender to you. We surrender this time to you. We say, have your way. Speak what you want spoken in the way that you want spoken in Jesus' name. We speak in alignment of our hearing to your voice. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And I want to say tonight, as I was preparing for this lesson, I'm so grateful for the word of the Lord. And um, I'm just going to go ahead and say it by the unction of the Holy Spirit that tonight somebody is going to be set free. We are going to be set free from the struggle of salvation, set free from the toil of salvation. How is there struggle and toil of salvation? Where sometimes we get caught up where we feel like we have to work so hard or we have to we, we have to try to be holy. We have to try to be righteous. We have to try to get God's blessing. But God says, no, not tonight. You're going to be set free from that. From this night forward, you're going to be set free from the struggle and the toil. And you're going to be set free from self-righteousness. And you're going to be set free from self-preservation. And you're going to be set free from condemnation that comes when you don't hit the mark. Tonight, Holy Spirit has some things for us that is going to set us free in the name of Jesus. So if you receive that, say amen. 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 Okay. So check in. How many of us spoke to the storms this week? I did. I did. I did. Okay. So I heard three people. All right. And let me ask you, of you three who responded, how many of you spoke to the storm every day? I did. Okay. All right. And I know, I'm sorry? I said most of the days. Most of the days? Okay. All right. Very good. And um, I'm so grateful. I was having a conversation with Shalom this week. It may even have been earlier today. But she said, you know, sometimes the thought comes in, um, you know, since the storms aren't here, not to speak to them. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> it does. Um, but the thing is, hmm, when we think about, let's think about Joshua and the children of Israel. And God's instructions to them to walk around the walls of Jericho, right? And he told them, walk around six days on the seventh day, walk around six times on the seventh time, give a shout. What if they had stopped a day short? Would the wall still have fall, fallen? 
Let's think about Naaman when the prophet told him to go dip in the Jordan seven times to be healed of the leprosy. What if he had stopped short of that seventh time? Would he have been healed? When God gives us instructions, he gives it to us for a reason. He knows how the plan is going to work. So, just hang in there. Keep saying he hasn't changed the directions yet. He hasn't changed the words. He hasn't changed anything. He says to keep going. So, I just want to encourage you tonight. I want to admonish you tonight to keep going. Okay? Um, does anybody have any observations or experiences um, that have come about from talking to you that you'd like to yeah. share? Okay. Um, I, I just need to share on this thing about doing it every day. Okay. And... Um, That the day that I struggled with that, what got uh-huh. me into doing it was, was remembering that I'm I'm part of a team, and so it's like my responsibility to the team to do that. If I had been on my own doing this, I might not have made that decision that day. But because I am part of a team of people that are doing this together, I had to, like, carry my share of the load. That is awesome. That is awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. Okay. Anybody else? No, Yes. Like um, this whole thing with COVID, where they want to flatten it, you know. You know. I don't know. No, I don't. Okay. The the COVID thing. Their idea is to for the masks and the social distancing and uh, staying at home stuff. It's to flatten the curve. That's at least that's the terminology here in the state that they're using. And I kind of, when I look at the weather forecast and I look at what's not on the radar, I think we've flattened the curve. And <laughs> um, so it's like, okay, let's keep it flat. Um, because I, you know, kind of like my foot is on the neck of anything that opposes God you know, type deal. And we have our feet on the neck, and if we let up too soon, it'll gather its own strength. So that's that's motivation to keep at it. Amen. You know, I don't know how long we're doing this, but um, until, you know, what, September 30th or something like that, which is after the Hurricane season, I think. Yeah. I'm not I sure. Think November 30th. November November okay. November so. What? November 1st. Oh, November 1st? Okay. Yes. Oh, that's even better. Okay. 
So, so the idea is if 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 we've got it at this point, you know, it's it's like not to let anything loose. That's right. It's to you know blanket it until we're through the season. Excellent. Excellent, because that's the, that's the instruction we have for right now. And if God changes it, I will let you all know. But that's, that's what we're looking at right now, just going to the end of the season. Praise God. Okay. Um, I would like to, um, one thing that I get out of going back and, and listening to the recording and making it into a, a YouTube video for you all, is that I get to hear it again, and I hope you all listen to it so you get to hear it again. Um, but I get to hear things that I didn't hear before, um, lots of times due to the way stuff comes out through my speaker. And so I just want to revisit something that Michelle said last week when she was talking about speaking to the storms. And she said, speaking to the storms is doing, okay, yes, speaking to the storms is doing something to prevent the storms that I hate. That spoke volumes. She says, it feels good to know that I'm contributing to preventing the storms. But she says that talking, speaking to the storms is doing something to prevent the storms that she hates. And I just want to tell you all, to remind you all tonight, that these aren't the only storms that we get to speak to. Whatever kind of storms arise in our lives, we don't have to wait until those storms arise. We don't have to wait for a financial storm to arise to speak to our finances. We don't have to wait for a health storm to arise before we speak to our health. We don't have to wait. We can speak and prevent the storms that we hate. But remember, it's not about just saying something to say it or, or saying something um, out of routine or religion, by Jesus' stripes I'm healed, while that's true, it's about always getting a word from the Lord to speak to the situation. That's what we speak, but I just want to bring out that we don't have to wait until a storm arises in our lives to speak to it. We can speak and prevent storms that we hate. So I thought that was a very good point that Michelle brought up, and I wanted to... Um, wanted to bring that out. And then um, Shalom last week, she said that after speaking to the storm, she named her name and she spoke to herself. And um, no pressure, Shalom, but whenever you're ready, we'll be ready to hear that testimony about what it's bringing about in your life um, by doing that, okay? But she shared okay. that she shared that when she did it, when she, when she named her name, and said, bow your knee to the name of Jesus and confess that Jesus is Lord. She said, there was no thought behind it. I've never seen anybody else do it. I did it a couple of times because it felt good. It felt okay. You know, and I, and I know that in that context, knowing Shalom like I do when she says it felt okay, she was saying it felt comfortable, it felt right, it felt, yeah. And so her not putting any thought behind it, but just doing it, that's evidence of being led by the Holy Spirit. When we're walking in tandem with him, when we're allowing him to lead us, we do things under the unction of the Holy Spirit. And it'll be good. It'll feel okay. It'll feel right when we're doing it by the leading of the Holy Spirit. 
So I just wanted to bring that out. Does anybody else have anything they want to say? All right. So for the storm update, last week when we met, um, two hours prior to our meeting, Tropical Storm Faye had developed and was expected to bring flash floods and lots of rain. Well, on Saturday, this is through the AP News report, on Saturday, Tropical Storm Fay was expected to bring in only two to four inches of rain with a possibility of flash flooding, where originally it was forecasted to bring in approximately three to five inches of rain. And then by the time this report had come out, it says, Fay has already become a post-tropical cyclone. She was downgraded twice Saturday morning as she moved over New York. She made landfall as a tropical storm on Friday afternoon in New Jersey. She weakened when she hit land and was expected to dissipate on Sunday. And then forecasters again decreased the expected rain totals. The post-tropical low, which was formerly Tropical Storm Fay, was only expected to produce one to two inches of rain. So originally, it was forecasted to um, bring in three to five inches, and before it was all over, only one to two inches. So that's a blessing. Hallelujah. Okay. Flattening the curve. Is that what we're calling it, Shalom? That's excellent. Yeah, um, yeah. Yes? Okay. Good, yeah. All right. And then also part of that um, weather report, it said none of the season's previous five named storms strengthened into hurricanes. Ah, praise God. Praise God. Um, and then today, I went on the Weather Channel. You all, I, I hope you all saw the text um, through Hurricane Central, but as of 2 p.m. Um, Atlantic Standard Time today, which is Virgin Islands time, there were no current storms. As a matter of fact, the picture on the screen was gray. There was nothing. <laughs> no current storms, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. Does any, we're going to move on to testimonies. Does anybody have a testimony? Yes, I do. Okay. Um, last, last week I requested prayer for my friend who traveled to Atlanta to visit mom who was in a coma and how he was having some difficulty with the hospital to see his mom. Um, by Saturday, up until today, he's able to see his mom every day. And um, today she was um, trying to talk. So I just want to thank you guys for your prayers and continue to pray for him and his family. Okay, okay. I want to make sure I got that real good. You said something, so you said he got to go see his mom on Saturday? I yes. didn't understand that clearly. Yes, yes. On Saturday, he was able to see his mom on Saturday and from then on every day. Oh, praise God. Oh, praise God. Okay. And then yes. today she's able to talk? She's trying. She was trying to talk. Okay, which means she's out of the coma. Correct. Woo! Praise God. Amen. 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 Yes, we will keep him and his family in our prayers. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Hallelujah. Oh, that blesses me. All right. Anybody else? Well, my daughter, this is Tamara. My daughter, the, 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 the travel, everything was blessed. There was talked about rain and everything. It never occurred. So it was just, it was warm. She said, it was hot, but, you know, we were grateful. <laughs> Amen. So the None of the weather that was talked about supposed to happen. It didn't happen. Thank God. Thank you. Amen. 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 Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Okay. All right. Anybody else? All right. Then we'll move on to housekeeping. Okay. So um, just by way of solidifying our foundation, I'll say this for the next few weeks until we, um, until it's, till we just don't need to say it anymore, and Holy Spirit will tell me when that is. So just by way of quote-unquote setting ground rules, we'll just say that you are free to ask questions, to make comments, and to participate. As a matter of fact, that's what makes this Bible study shine, so please, um, I welcome your participation. Um, my assignment, according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10, is to fill in the faith gap. You know, it's like there's some things that we know, some things that we understand, um, but sometimes we're just not connecting on the next level, and it's because there's a little piece that's missing. But when God allows me to fill in the piece, because that's what he's giving me to do, then we start to connect. So I, I fill in faith gaps, all right? And when you ask your questions and make your comments based on your experiences and what you're learning, that's how the gaps are presented. While, yes, Holy Spirit is able to speak to me and tell me what needs to be said without your saying a word, um, that's okay. But when you all share and when you all present, then that, um, that gives others a chance to hear that they're not alone. Because if you're going through it, then more than likely um, somebody else is going through. And we can all be encouraged by what um, you have to say. So understand there are no big eyes, There are no little U's. Don't feel like I don't know enough. Don't feel like um, it's going to be a silly question. Don't, don't feel like any of that. No one in here has it all together. We're all learning from each other. So, um, so by all means, if you have questions or comments, please feel free to participate. And when you do, let's just make sure we do things decent and in order. If you ask a question, ask because you want to know the answer. If you have a comment, make the comment. If you have something you'd like to um, share that you've get, gotten out of what is being said, or you'd like to, um, then go ahead and share what you've gotten. The purpose of our sharing is to add context or clarity to our own situation. Um, I, I just really enjoy the way... Shalom shared that, you know, when I thought about not saying it, then I remembered, you know, I'm part of a team. I'm accountable to a team. You know, she's working that part out within herself. It's something that urged her to go on. And when she shared that, I know it made me stronger. Uh, don't know about anybody else, but I know that I got stronger. So we're adding context to our own situation and allowing others to glean from it. Amen. 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 All right. And then 
finally, if there is something you'd like to discuss or you want presented in Bible study that wasn't presented during the session, then by all means, feel free to call me, text me, email me, let me know there's room to revisit the topic, you know. Um, so you're free. All right? Okay. On to the walk it out, talk it out. I really enjoy this part. This is where I get to ask you if you engaged with the text this week. I only sent out uno, una, only sent out one. <laughs> and that was the recording of the, that was the recording of last week's session. And it was just such a sweet session, such a sweet time um, with Holy Spirit, just celebrating who he is to us. Um, and so I kind of just left you alone with that, um, and I was alone with that, and just just spending time with him this week. Um, and my question, or the assignment from last week, was to pay attention or to give attention to how you engage the Holy Spirit and how he engages you. Is there anybody who did that this weekend would like to share? Oh, sure. Okay. I'm not sure if I'm doing what you call engaging. But okay. after I hear something or after I read something, Um, I just kind of sit quietly and listen. And if there's something I'm to do from that, I'll, you know, from from what I hear, then it's behooves me to follow it. Um, and if it, I don't hear anything, then it's just a time. I feel like the Holy Spirit is present. I know he's present, but it is a a focus on him as opposed to like being in my day and knowing the Holy Spirit is in me. It's different. Amen. Amen. I don't know if that's what you mean, but that's what I do. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead, Tamara. Oh, I was going to say I agree with Shalom that that's what I do too. I, you know, spend time that I engage by um, maybe reading, well, reading the word. That's what I do. Yeah, and I uh, read the word and be quiet in how he, he engages back is that either at that moment, as said, I may get something like, oh, you need to be, you need to do this, don't forget. Or, Here's a scripture. I mean, oh, that scripture that you just read or heard, that's pertaining to me. So information comes back to me, and I'm like, yeah, I need to write that down. You know, and so I end up standing on it. And um, you know, I'll be led to share it, you know, on social media just as an encouragement or something. But um, for someone needed it. <laughs> so that's oh, good. And this is Deborah. I was um, praying Ephesians 1, 
17 through 20, and specifically focusing on asking the Lord to give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge into himself about what he's doing in this season, make me more sensitive to it and connect me with it in a different way. And and um, I didn't get a response that day, but I found myself uh, being connected to sources that were getting prophetic words uh, concerning mm-hmm. what was going on in the season. And, and I was listening to him for a couple of days, and it dawned on me, this is the answer to my prayer. And now I have a whole sort of outline, I guess that's the way I can put it. It's a step-by-step of things specifically to focus my prayers on, um, and and I just praise God. He 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 unfolded it, and it but it, the way it unfolded was so so easy and natural. To I was in the middle of it before I knew it, and and I had to, I felt like I was catching up. This is that prayer. It didn't dawn on me that that's what was going on. And so I just wanted to interject that it's, it's funny how I can be in the, engaged with the Holy Spirit and he's engaging with me, and it feels so natural. It feels like me until I look back at it and I realize that wasn't just me. That was really Holy Spirit working with me all along. Amen. Amen. Amen, yes. And that connects with what I was um, saying about what Shalom said last week when she said, you know, she called her name after she called the storm's name, and she said there was no thought behind it. There was no, and so it, it feels so natural. It feels like you. You're in tandem with Holy Spirit. Um, one thing I really like, Deborah, about what you said is that uh, you said you didn't get an answer that day. Um, And what you did not say is, I walked away thinking my prayers weren't answered. What you did not say was, maybe my prayer didn't work. But you stayed in that place, even though you may not have been in that direct prayer posture or in that direct prayer time, you still stayed in that place and in that time, I mean, in that space and that place where you were able to hear him. Um, you were being connected to those prophetic words, and then it's like, oh, yeah, this is the answer. You stayed in that place so you could receive the answer to your prayer, even though it didn't show up right away. That's awesome. That's awesome. That seems to be a theme um, with what Shalom shared and what Tamara shared. Um, Tamara and Shalom shared that after they read something, they would sit still and they would listen for Holy Spirit, and even if they didn't hear anything, they would they would be still with him in that place. And if they did hear something, then they would act on it. So praise God. Um, I engaged with Holy Spirit this week. Um, it was over. Well, this that I'm getting ready to tell you about happened over a, a couple of days. But, um, so, you know, taxes were due on Wednesday, and 
I had been planning, planning, planning to do the, it's the ministry taxes, planning, planning, planning to do the taxes. And just, it was more than I just didn't feel like it. It was just, this wasn't the time. This just wasn't. And the Lord specifically told me on on Saturday and Sunday before the Wednesday, those were the two days to work on the taxes. Well, I already knew that was going to be supernatural because that's just two days. Um, But check this out. The week before that, Monday through Friday, I had been in a conference, conference with Apostle Leroy Thompson, and the theme of the conference was, what happens when the supernatural becomes real to you? So all week long, I've been in these conferences, and my spirit is being stirred up for the holy, uh, for the supernatural. And in the beginning of the week, you know, it really didn't feel like anything was taking place. I was going to the services. I was listening to the word, I was taking notes, I was okay, you know, and even, you know, through the course of the week, it didn't really feel like anything was happening, but I'm trying to tell you what, by Friday, all somebody had to do was say, amen, all somebody had to do was say, Jesus, I was lit up, I was on fire, I I just couldn't even contain myself, and it's like, there were times, I was so tired, so tired, like deliriously tired, and I would get to thinking about that word and preach myself right on happy. I'd be all awake till 2, 3 o'clock in the morning because the word was so stirred up within me. All right. So it's simulation of the supernatural. And what I mean by the supernatural is God's super on our natural. He's doing things that we aren't able to do. He's doing exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think. He's giving us the power to do things that we can't do on our own. I'm talking about I'm stirred up for the supernatural. Well, that was the conference ended on Friday. Now it's Saturday, the day to start working on Texas. And I was ready. I had my everything ready. And Holy Spirit spent the whole day talking to me about how to do it. <laughs> you ever you ever taken a lesson? Let's say you were going to take piano lessons, and you go and you're all ready to start playing the piano, and your teacher says, "Nope, you're not going to touch the piano." What? What do you mean? I'm taking piano lessons. Well, like the Lord said, "No, you're not going to do the taxes. I'm going to tell you how to do the taxes." And all day Saturday, He gave me strategy, and then Sunday I woke up, and um, and I was working on it and doing what he said, and it was just coming so easy, so easy, so easy. And I forgot that I had a Bible study with somebody at 1 o'clock, and um, I was reminded earlier in the day. And I was there and in place, ready to be there and everything. And I said, Lord, I really wouldn't mind if this Bible study were moved to another time. Well, right around it's around time for the Bible. No, 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 no. Um, Right before the Bible study, I get a text from this person. They're so excited and yay, we're getting ready to have Bible study. Okay. So I called them at the appointed time and no answer. I was like, okay, well, they'll see that I called. They'll call me back. Well, they text me back an hour later and said, I had no connectivity. I could not talk. Can we meet tomorrow morning? Yes, we can meet tomorrow morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I appreciate that. And then the next morning came and I was ready to have Bible study with the person and everything. And after that, I have a student, and I was like, Lord, I really wouldn't remind, I really wouldn't mind if my student went on vacation this week and we didn't have to have any sessions. And I get a text from mom that says, Miss Free, can we please not have any sessions this week? I just, I just really need a break. <laughs> I said, yes, that is fine. Hallelujah. And so it's just sitting and listening to Holy Spirit, getting his strategy, listening to his timing, um, 
and then doing it as he said and trusting that everything else will be moved out of the way, trusting that everything else will be taken care of. And so this was a real, a real engagement this week, which was just, I was so grateful for. I was so grateful for. So that's my, my testimony on engaging the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Does anybody else have anything they would like to share? And so um, Shalom earlier, she said, I'm not sure if this is what you mean when you say engage. Does everybody understand what I mean when I say engage? Or do you have questions about it? It's like, how do you initiate? Go ahead. Um, That's something that I could read. I don't know if it's okay to do that. It's from Romans 4, the message. Okay. 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 Read it and then tell us why you wanted to read it. Go ahead. Okay. So how do we fit what we know of Abraham, our first father in the faith? And that's the operative word, father in faith. Into this new way of looking at things. If Abraham, by what he did for God, got God to approve him, he could have, he could certainly have taken credit for it. But the story we're given is a God story, not an Abraham story. What we read in the scripture is Abraham entered into what God was doing for him. And was, and that was the turning point. He trusted God to set him right instead of trying to be right on his own. If you're a hard worker and do a good job, you deserve your pay. We don't call your wages a gift. But if you see that the job is too big for you, that it's something only God can do, and you trust him to do it, you could never do it for yourself no matter how hard and long you've worked. Well, that trusting him to do it is what gets you set right with God by God. Sure gift. David confirms this way of looking at it, saying that the one who trusts God to do the putting everything right without insisting on having a say in it is one fortunate man. All right. And what made you decide to read that? Because, you know, we're praying about the storms. We're, we're praying, and we're not praying to the storm. We're praying to God, and we have the names of the storms, and we're submitting them. You know, bow your knee to the name of Jesus mm-hmm. and confess that he is Lord. We're submitting that under to God for God to make it right because these storms are not from God. And trusting him to do what it takes to get things right by God. If, if we don't ask that these storms be subdued, you know, submit themselves to God, then it won't happen because we're here on earth to do God's will. 
there are no storms in heaven. So whether it's a physical storm or, you know, I'm in a personal storm, I still have to speak, be in submission to God, and then submit it to God. And I kind of feel like that's what we've been talking about. Unless I mean, no. Okay, that's good. That's good. That's good. Um, Let me come back to that though, because first I want to go into explaining what it is to engage Holy Spirit and to have Him engage us. Okay. Yeah. So, in in the very simplest of terms, we engage Holy Spirit by inviting Him in. Um. If we're using the scripture that Shalom just read, we're engaging Holy Spirit by submitting the situation to God. We're inviting him to make it right because we can't do it. So we're inviting him into the situation. So, you know, when I said Holy Spirit or, or Lord, I just really wouldn't mind if you know, Bible study was moved to another time. But I really wouldn't mind if my student went on vacation this week. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> letting him know what I would like and putting it in his hands. I'm submitting to him. What um, Deborah was saying about um, praying and asking for wisdom. Lord, what's happening in this time? Show me how to connect with it. She wasn't just grabbing anything that was in the media or any pressure that may have been arising because of the way people are acting or anything like that and deciding on her own how to go about it. She said, okay, Lord, give me wisdom. She's inviting Holy Spirit, the revealer, into the situation. She's engaging him. And he engaged her by answering. Same with Tamara. He engaged by giving her the scripture. Um, And so um, this is what we're talking about, engaging Holy Spirit, how are we how are we initiating interaction with us? How is he initiating interaction? How are we initiating interaction with him? How is he initiating interaction with us? Or how are we responding to him? And how is he responding to us? That's what I mean by how are we engaging? Um, Shalom, I'm very grateful for that scripture that you read because it goes right into tonight's lesson and just keep it close because I might have you read it again. It was Romans chapter 4 starting at verse 1 in the message translation. Um, I was able to write, jot down just a couple of things. Um, When Abraham entered what God was doing for him. He wasn't I, I don't I didn't get all of this but it wasn't he he wasn't trying to be right. He was just right. Because he had entered into what God had done for her, or what God was doing yeah. for him. Okay? He right. um, submitting, submitting it to God for, oh, you were talking about the storms, how we are talking to the storms, and in doing that, we're submitting it to God. Why? Because we're speaking the very thing that God told us to speak. And by doing that, we're putting those storms under his jurisdiction. And we're trusting him to get things right. We're saying exactly what he told us to say and trusting him to do the rest. 
It's like what Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 10. I say what I hear my Father say, and he that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. It's the same thing. Amen? Amen. Okay, does anybody have any questions or comments before we move into our lesson? I am excited about what God has for us tonight. Um, I spoke in the beginning. I'll speak it again because there's some people who are here now who were not here before. But tonight, somebody's going to be set free. Somebody has been struggling with their salvation. We're going to talk about what all of this means, but just have ears to hear and hearts to receive because this is straight from Holy Spirit. Somebody has been struggling with their salvation um, toiling with it, trying to, exactly what Romans 4 was talking about, but on the opposite, trying to make things happen, trying to be holy in and of yourself, trying to be righteous in and of yourself. Um, you're going to be set free from that. You're going to enter into the rest of salvation. You're going to be set free from self-righteousness as you realize that you've already been made righteous. You're going to be set free from self-preservation where you realize that God is providing for you. God is the one that is preserving you. You're going to be set from condemnation when you miss the mark, knowing that you are God's child. And Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, is there to guide you into all truth. And he's bearing witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. And I know that all of us on this line tonight are saved. And I know that Holy Spirit dwells within each of us. Um, and I'm getting ahead of myself. But God wants to set some things in order tonight. Um, again, filling in faith gaps because there have been some misunderstandings about salvation and what salvation is. There have been some misunderstandings about how to walk salvation out. And in these misunderstandings, what has happened is that we have jumped out of our lane. We've been trying to do Holy Spirit's job. So tonight, we're going to discuss Holy Spirit. We're going to discuss who he is. Um, we're going to talk very briefly about the difference between the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And then we're going to camp out on the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So let's start with this. Holy Spirit, who is he? Last week, we celebrated who he is to us. and Oh, my goodness, such a sweet, sweet time. Okay? Um, so tonight, we're going to back it up a little bit, and we're just going to talk about who is he. First of all, let's talk about who he is not. He is not tongues. He is not fire. He is not a dove. He is not the wind. He is not any oil. He's not any other emblem that we see in the Bible. These things are representations of Holy Spirit, but this is not who he is. And he's not an it. He is a he. He is the third person of the Godhead. Are we all clear on what I mean when I say the Godhead? Yes. Do we all do we all understand that it's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit? Yes. Okay. 
All right. So I'm going to take that as a yes for everybody. All right. So he is the third person of the Godhead. As a person, and especially a divine person, he has a personality. And there are three elements. I mean, there are, there are more, but there are three elements that we're going to talk about tonight that make up a personality. They are the intellect, volition, and emotions. The intellect is our knowledge or our thinking, it's our mind, right? And Holy Spirit, and so for the, the beginning, I'm just going to list some scriptures. And if at, if at any point you want to stop and go over them, let me know. But for the sake of time, I'm just going to list these scriptures, okay? Um, as a person, he has a personality. Part of his personality is his intellect or his knowledge. And we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, in the last part of that verse, it says, The things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. So the Spirit of God knows the things of God. He has an intellect. He has knowledge. The second aspect of his personality is volition or his will. We see in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11, that's the chapter that talks about the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, you know, the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, all of that. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11, it says, but all these, okay, but all these, meaning all these manifestations, but all these work at that one and the self-same Spirit, talking about the Holy Spirit, Dividing to every man severally as he will. So he's saying that the Holy Spirit operates these different manifestations and he doles them out to every man as he desires. Every man severally as he will. So he has a will. Okay? And then the third aspect of his personality is emotions or his feelings. In Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30, the first part, it says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Holy Spirit can be grieved. Therefore, we see that he has emotions. Um, it's listed in other parts of the Bible, two different emotions that he has, but that's just one example. So Holy Spirit has an intellect or knowledge. He has volition or a will. And he has emotions or feelings. Okay? This is important because... A lot of times, I'm just going to say Christians in general, okay? If I use we, I'm referring to Christians, um, but not necessarily we here in this class. I'm talking about Christians, okay? To many, Holy Spirit is nothing more than a name and a religious creed, you know? He's something that comes along with our denomination, comes along with our religion. It's just... You know, just like some people consider tithing is just a religious practice. They don't put much meaning behind it. So um, to many, Holy Spirit is nothing more than a name and a religious creed. So they're not giving meaning to him, and they're, so, and they're not understanding the meaning of him. Um, to others, he's a vague influence mentioned in the scriptures. Um, and again, it's, it, there's no meaning attached to him. There's no intentionality in engaging him. And um, a lot of times it's because people don't know. An example that I have, I'll use one of my speech therapy examples. 
When I'm teaching children language, language concepts like on, under, in, off, those kinds of things. Uh, let's say I have a child who doesn't understand the word under. So mom tells him, go put your shoes under the bed. And he might put them on the bed. He might put them beside the bed. He'll put them everywhere but under the bed. And the reason he doesn't put them under the bed is because he doesn't know what it means. But he knows what everything else means. He knows what the bed means. So what he hears is, go put your shoes at the bed. Well, he knows the shoes go somewhere near the bed, but he doesn't know where they go because he doesn't understand that concept of under. And it can be the same way with Holy Spirit. We hear Holy Spirit, and that's all we get. Okay, something about Holy Spirit. All right, he's part of God. Okay, he does something, but not a clear understanding. All right? And then there are Christians who think they know who the Holy Spirit is, but they don't recognize him as a real person. So again, all of this is not attaching intentionality um, to the Holy Spirit, therefore not actively engaging him as Holy Spirit, and therefore not receiving his ministry um, that he has for us. Um, an example of people not recognizing Holy Spirit as a real person. It's the same as people who read the Bible and memorize scriptures, but they don't understand that they can apply these scriptures to their lives and get results. They're just scriptures in a book, you know, something I memorize when I go to church, something I, yes, I know the Lord's Prayer and I just say it by rote, but they're not getting the meat of it because it's just something they memorize. And it's the same thing. When people know about the Holy Spirit, but they don't recognize him as a person, then they're not getting the meat of who he is. And that's why I'm starting out very basic, because the Lord says he wants to get some things in order so we can fill in those gaps and you can get the full strength, glory to God, the full strength of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. All right? So why is it important for us to know Holy Spirit? Because if we don't know who he is, then we will not be able to relate to him properly. I just gave you the examples of how people know him but aren't able to engage with him properly because and, attach, and attach no intentionality to him because they don't know. But if we don't know him, then we won't relate to him properly. We won't give him the surrender and the obedience that is due him. Therefore, when he does try to guide us into all truth, we're not going to surrender to it. We're not going to obey him. Therefore, we won't see the results that God has for us. We won't give him the honor and the worship that he's due. Instead, we might reduce him to something told me. You know, everybody said that something told me to go the other way. We might reduce him to that. Or even worse, we'll reduce him to ourselves where we take the credit for the idea or we take the credit for the solution or we think that, you know, woo, this person was healed because of something I did when we don't recognize Holy Spirit and know who he is. That's what happens. We will use him for power and influence, and it's sad to say that this happens. I, I I remember one time I was speaking. <laughs> I was speaking to a man. He was a prophet, 
and he told me about a time that he had fallen. He says, oh my gosh, I got so good, I could work the, I could work a sermon. I didn't even need the Bible. I didn't even have to say a scripture. I could go up in there and preach about Kentucky Fried Chicken, and the people were shouting all over the place. I had it going on. He was abusing. He was abusing. And I'm not even saying Holy Spirit was on that, but what I'm saying is God had used him in such a way that he got prideful and thought it was on his own, that he got so good he didn't even need the word of God anymore. When we don't know um, when we don't have a proper relationship with someone or something, then we can abuse it. We can abuse it by using it for something other than what it was intended for. So lots of times people can use Holy Spirit for power and influence, which leads to pride. Um, pride has two ends of the spectrum. One is thinking more of ourselves than we ought, which is what I just said about that man. He just thought he could work the crowd without the word. And then the other end of the spectrum is thinking less of ourselves than we want. Oh, did you see Super Duper Preacher? He's so powerful. All he did was lay hands on people and everybody passed out. Oh, my gosh, he's so powerful. He's so powerful. And you're thinking that he's up there and he's that big Super Duper and you don't have the same type of power in you. That's because you don't know who you're packing. You don't know who Holy Spirit is and you don't know who Holy Spirit is in you. And then sometimes... People get to where they want to use the power to enhance and show off their giftings rather than surrender themselves to the power so Holy Spirit can use us as he will. This is why it is important for us to know who he is, but not only who he is, what he does. It's important for us to know uh, what his responsibilities are. He has several responsibilities, and some of them he accomplishes by indwelling us, and others he accomplishes by infilling us. When we learn who he is and what his responsibilities are, then we learn what our responsibilities are not. I can link this back to what Shalom read in Romans chapter 4. I'll just read the part that I got real good. It said, Abraham entered what God was doing for him. We get to enter what God is doing for us rather than trying to make it happen on our own. Many times without knowing it, we try or have tried to do Holy Spirit's job. You know, have you ever, um, (laughs) I know, when when I take my car to get it detailed, right, I take it to get it washed inside and out, waxed and all that good stuff, That is usually the time that I go through the car and I take all the trash out. Not that there's a whole lot of trash, but whatever there is. And there's a time that I, you know, whatever books are in the back seat or whatever, whatever, I straighten up the car before I take it to get it clean. It's their job to clean the car. That's why I'm taking it to them. But I'm cleaning it because I want it to look good when it gets there for them to clean it. (laughs) And sometimes... We do the same thing with God. You know, I've even heard somebody say, yeah, um, i got to stop sinning before I get saved. Okay, that's not how it works. 
you know, I, I got to clean myself up before I go let God clean me up. It does not work that way. And when we get caught up in trying to do it ourselves, when we get caught up in trying to uh, make things work on our own, when we get caught up on trying to provide for ourselves, take care of ourselves, and, and defend ourselves and all of that, then we're kind of, I almost said, putting Holy Spirit out of a job. We're tying his hands because we're in his lane. We're trying to do his job, and we're not going to succeed at it. Okay? So let, does anybody have any questions or comments so far? All right. So let's talk about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit versus the infilling of the Holy Spirit. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit happens at the new birth. It happens when a person gets born again. And so what happens is when the person receives Jesus, Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. Now, let me um, clarify. I'm getting ready to explain what happens at the new birth. So when I'm talking, um, I'm talking as that person who just got saved. What happens to that person who just got saved? Now, you can take what I'm saying and apply it to wherever you are in your walk, but just for the sake of establishing this order that God has given me, I'm talking from the um, reference of the person who, who just got saved, okay? But it doesn't mean it doesn't apply to you now. All right. So when we receive Jesus as Savior, Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us, and he reproduces the life of Jesus inside of us. You know, that holy life, that clean life, that, that, that victorious life. Um, holy Spirit comes to reproduce that life of Jesus within us. Now, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, it happens after salvation. It can be like seconds after, moments after, years after. But the infilling of the Holy Spirit is also known as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And when this, this is what Jesus was talking about in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. After that, the Holy Spirit, after that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall have power to be my witnesses. This is that power. When we have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit then reproduces the ministry of Jesus with power and boldness. So when we first get saved, Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us, and he comes to, um, to, to produce the life of Jesus inside of us, that holy character of Jesus inside of us. But then in that second experience, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, which is also the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that's when he reproduces the ministry of Jesus with power and boldness, where there were healing and casting out of devils and, and raising from the dead. Okay? Enduring temptation, all of that. Any questions so far? Okay. So now we're going to talk about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. When Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us, the input, uh, there's an impartation of spirit of, of spiritual life by the Holy Spirit. That's the regeneration. Okay, that's when our spirits that were dead, remember Adam, Eve, ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, 
um, they experienced spiritual death. Their spirits were no longer connected to God. That was the spiritual death. Therefore, every person who was born in the earth after that were spiritually dead until they received Jesus as Savior, at, point, at which point their spirits were quickened, made alive again. So when we receive Jesus, our spirits are quickened, made alive again by the Holy Spirit. That's our regeneration. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We are a recreated being that never existed before. Our spirit has come alive. And now, well, I'll leave it there. Our spirit has come alive. Okay, another thing that happens with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is that he restores us to the image of God, producing his character in us, get this, as we continually yield ourselves to him. He can only do what we allow. So when we resist him, then he's not able to move forward. It's like the people in Jesus' hometown. The Bible said that in his hometown, Jesus could do no mighty works because of their unbelief. Because of their resistance, Jesus couldn't do mighty works. Well, it's the same way inside of us. Holy Spirit is inside of us, and he's there to restore us to the image of God. He's there to produce Jesus' character inside of us. But if we resist him through unbelief or we resist him through disobedience, then he's not able to accomplish that. The third thing that happens is that he sanctifies us. Ooh, I love this right here, Jehovah's Good Canoe. Mm. He sanctifies us. He separates us unto God. At the same time that he is separating us unto God, guess what? He's also separating us from the world. So he sanctifies us. He makes us holy in thought, in motive, and in deed. Jesus' life becomes our life. And another thing that happens with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is that he imparts to us the character of our Lord Jesus Christ, bringing us to maturity. And this um, we can characterize as uh, developing the fruit of the Spirit that us found in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. He imparts to us, imparts to us, imparts, boom, here it is, it's yours now, imparts to us the character of our Lord Jesus Christ, bringing us to maturity. All right? And with that, he enables us to mortify the deeds of the flesh, to mortify the things that we used to do that don't align with God's word. All right? So with all of this that I've just said, that happens at the, with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, this is where God says, we're going to take all of the work out of salvation. We're going to take the struggle out of salvation. We're going to take the defeat out of salvation. Now, I say it that way, but we need to understand that salvation doesn't contain any of those things. Salvation doesn't contain toil. It doesn't contain work. It doesn't contain struggle. It doesn't contain defeat. Well, how did it get in there? Because 
somewhere along the line, man got the understanding of salvation all twisted up. And they thought it was something that they had to work for. They thought it was something that they had to earn. And that's where a lot of our religious rules come from. And we find ourselves running out, running ourselves raggedy, trying to be holy, trying to stay clean, trying to be right. God says, Nick's on that. After tonight, we're not doing that anymore. What does, what does uh, defeat and salvation look like? What does toil and struggle and salvation look like? Um, are you tired of having unanswered prayers? Are you tired of experiencing defeat in situations? Are you tired of being tormented by fear? Are you tired of finding yourself as the tail and not the head, as God said we would be? Or finding yourself beneath and not above only, as God said we would be? Are you tired of experiencing lack, whether that's in finances or in peace or in joy? These are a lot of things, or these are things that a lot of saints experience because they're toiling with their salvation. They're working with their salvation instead of simply receiving salvation. Now let me explain what salvation is. We've talked about this um, before, especially around Resurrection Day and the weeks before and after. But salvation is not just, ooh, I get to go to heaven now. Salvation is everything that God provided for us through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Everything that Jesus provided for us, I mean, that God provided for us through the finished work of Jesus. It's joy, it's peace, it's prosperity, it's victory, it's um, uh, provision, it's, it's healing, it's health, it's wellness, it's everything it's everything that's salvation and it's meant for us to enjoy here on earth those things already exist in heaven we don't have to wait until we get to heaven to enjoy them Jesus said I came that they might have life and have it more abundantly he meant here on the earth. I feel the anointing. That's another way I engage Holy Spirit, by the way. When you hear me say, I feel the anointing, that's saying there's a particular unction on this word. Like, pay close attention. So, salvation. Um, salvation does not contain work or struggle or defeat. It, it contains none of those things, but Christians have experienced them nonetheless. Why? Because we try to do what Holy Spirit is supposed to do. We try to make ourselves righteous or powerful or sinless. Lots of times what we end up doing is making ourselves religious. I have to go to church every time the church door is open. Or I have to pray 10 hours a day. Or I have to read this many scriptures. Or I have to, I have to, I have to. And you end up doing it by a set of rules instead of doing it out of your relationship with Jesus. That's what I mean by religion or religious. Where you're doing it um, based on rules and performance rather than on 
relationship with Jesus. In order to understand the function of the Holy Spirit when he indwells us at the new birth, we must first understand what happens at the new birth. And I know, we received Jesus, now we get to go to heaven, yay, praise God. Oh, I received Jesus, now I have to be a good person. Okay. These are some understandings of salvation, but they're not correct. So we must first have a clear picture of what we were given in that moment that we got born again so we don't waste time um, trying to get what we already have. Amen. Somebody say amen. 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 Okay. All right. So when we get born again, boom, our spirits are quickened. We are reborn. We are alive. We are brought back to life as if we were never dead. Okay? We instantly get full access to God just like Adam had in the garden before he fell. We don't have to get it back in degrees. You know, you get this much, then this much, then this much. We don't have to work our way up the spiritual ladder. None of that. And just like the Bible says, in the twinkling of an eye, in the twinkling of an eye, boom, we are born again. Okay, there's no working for our salvation. Everything that God already uh, provided for us, now we have instant access to it. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 20. And we're going to, when you get it, say amen, and I'll tell you which verses we're going to read. This is a parable um, about um, a householder, an owner of an estate, and he went to hire people to work for him. So I would like for you to read verses 1 and 2, please. Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 and 2. For the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is a householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard. Okay, and now read verses 8 through 14. So when even, so when even was, come, was come, the Lord of the vineyard said unto his stewards, Call the laborers and give them their hire, beginning from the last unto the first. And when they came that were hired about the eleventh hour, they received every man a penny. But when the first came, they supposed that they should have received more, and they likewise received every man a penny. And when they had received it, they murmured against the good, the good man of the house, saying, These last have wrought but one, but one, work, but one hour, and thou hast made them equal unto us, which have borne the burden and heat of the day. But he, but he answered one of them and said, Friend, I do thee no wrong. Didst not thou agree with me for a penny? Take that thine is, and go thy way. I will give, give unto this last, even as unto thee. Okay. Yeah, that was right. That's good. Thank you. So what happened in the first two verses, you see, there was this householder. He went out 
in the morning to hire laborers, and he agreed with them that I will pay you a penny a day. Then we jump down to the eighth verse. I forgot to explain what happened before the eighth verse. Um, this man went out again. He went out um, at, so that was in the morning at like 9 o'clock. He went out again at noon, and he went out at 3 o'clock, and he went out again at 5 o'clock, and each time he hired more laborers, and he hired them all for a penny a day. So now when we get down to verse 8, where Tamara started reading again, all right, the owner of the vineyard, he told his steward, all right, gather everybody, it's time to pay them. Start with the ones that were last hired, and then, you know, work your way to the ones who were first hired. So when the people who were last hired got their penny, all right, cool. Then when the people who were first hired, they were like, but wait a minute. They only worked one hour, and they got paid the same thing I did? What's up with that? <laughs> and the householder, he says, I didn't do you anything wrong. Didn't I agree with you for a penny a day? I paid you, you know, I, I paid you what I was supposed to pay you. So why am I sharing this parable? Because when we get saved, we don't have to earn our salvation in degrees. In this parable, everybody who worked for this householder got the same amount, whether they worked all day or whether they worked an hour. They got paid what the householder gave them. And it's the same way. When we receive Jesus as Savior, we get everything that God has for us. The person who's been saved for 20 years does not have more than the person who's been saved for 30 minutes. The moment we get saved, we get everything that God has for us. Amen? Amen. Okay. So we have instant access to all that God is and all that God has. And every time I say all that God has, I want you to equate that with salvation. Salvation is everything that God has. We just have to learn how to access it. That might be the only difference between the person who's been saved for 20 years and the person who's been saved for 30 minutes. The person with 20 years has more experience on how to access it. Maybe. Because sometimes that's not even the case. But anyway, there's that. So we don't have to earn goodie points, right? Um, when you get so many points, then you're qualified for healing. When you get so many more points, then you're qualified for prosperity. Nope, we don't have to do that. We are instantly made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. We are instantly given, let's turn here, this is so powerful. Um, John chapter 1, verse 12. And when you have it, you may read it. John chapter 1, verse 12. But as many as receive him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Okay, this is talking about Jesus. And as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. That word power is exousia. Does that sound familiar to anyone? That word exousia is that word authority. It's that word, the right, the license, the go-ahead. But as many as received him, to them gave he the authority, the right, the go-ahead, to become the sons of God. 
Last week, we read Romans chapter 8, verse 14. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. That word son, there it means uh, by virtue of being someone's child, you know. Um, you know, uh, if I have a father, I'm his child. That's what that means, okay. This word sons here, but as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. This word sons, it means anyone living on full dependence on the heavenly father. Anyone fully and willingly relying upon the Lord in glad submission. It means a child living in willing dependence. It illustrates how we must all live in utter dependence upon the Lord moment by moment, drawing guidance, care, and nurture from our Heavenly Father. It refers to the childlike attitude of heart that willingly and gladly submits to the Father's plans. Glory to God. That's what this word sons means in John chapter 1 verse 12. But as many as received him, to them gave he the authority. He gave them the right and the go-ahead to become totally dependent on him for everything that they need. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. To receive everything that they need from him by being fully dependent on him. We have the authority to do that. We have the right to do that. Which means God doesn't expect us to take care of ourselves. God doesn't provide us, uh, expect us to provide for ourselves. He expects us to be fully dependent on him because it is his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. It's his pleasure to take care of us. We have that right. We have that authority to depend on him like that. And we get that as soon as we receive Jesus as Savior. We don't have to work for that. We don't have to build up giddy points for that. All right, another thing that happens at the new birth is that connection has been restored. We can get intel directly from God as if we'd never missed a beat. Again, Adam and Eve, when they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they experienced spiritual death. Their spirits were no longer connected to God. Now they're getting their intel from outside influences. They're getting Before, when they were connected to God, they were getting all of their thoughts from him, all of their emotions from him, all of their ideas from him, all of their everything from him. But now they've experienced that spiritual death, and now they're getting all their thoughts and their ideas and their feelings and everything else from influences other than God because they have partaken of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But when we receive Jesus, we can get intel directly from God as if we've never missed a beat. We're justified, and I love it, just as if I'd never sinned. Glory to God, just as if nothing had ever happened. We can eat from the tree of life again. Before, before we received Jesus, we didn't have the capacity to do that. But now that Holy Spirit is living inside of us, we can. Because 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, it says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the spiritual God. Uh, the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But when we receive Jesus, we don't have to rely on our natural mind anymore. 
We've got the Spirit of God on the inside of us. We've got direct connect to God, and we are able to understand the things that Holy Spirit is ministering to us. That's part of what happens at the new birth. Amen. 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 Okay. Um, I'm going to have to stop there because it's about time for us to go. Um, the next session, though, next section is talking about what happens after we get born again. Um, and I'll just start off like this. Everything that I just described that happens after the birth, that happens the very moment you say, Jesus, come live in my heart. All of that happens in that moment. And right after that, Holy Spirit says, phew, now that that's done, it's time to go to work. That's when Holy Spirit goes to work in our lives. That's when he goes to convincing us that we're children of God, convicting us of the, of the things that are wrong. And when I say convicting, that's not a bad thing. It's a very loving thing. In other words, he's just showing, look, you've done it this way, but you don't have to do it that way anymore. You're a child of God now. This is how we do it. Let me show you how to do it, and let me show you how to get the victory. That's when he goes to work building Jesus' character on the inside of us. But we will talk about that more next week. Um, does anybody have any questions or comments? This is good. That was good. Oh, well, praise God. <laughs> praise God. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. Because, you know, um, you know, we're headed to learning about Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But God says we need to know first what happened at new birth because if we don't get that iron, if we don't get that wrinkle ironed out, then we're not even going to understand what the baptism is all about. He wants us to start walking with authority in the salvation that we have. He wants us to start experiencing the salvation that we have on a regular basis, not on a hit and miss basis. We're supposed to be walking in this, flowing in this. That's his desire for us. And a lot of times, you know, um, people who have been saved for years, they think that it's up to them to be right. It's up to them to stay right. It's up to them not understanding that that is part of the work of the Holy Spirit within us. Mm -hmm. um, Andrew Womack, one of my favorite, favorite, favorite Bible teachers, he has this teaching called Effortless Change, mm -hmm. where he explains the only effort we need to make is to put the word in. When we put the word in, and when we're making the effort to put the word in, it's not just putting it in there and letting it do nothing. We're putting it in there, and we're doing our due diligence to meditate it. We're doing our due diligence to, you know, let it work in us. But when we do that, when we make our effort to put the word in, then it's God's word that does the work on the inside of us. It's the Holy Spirit that does the work on the inside of us. We don't have to change ourselves. He is bringing about the change in us. He who calls you is faithful, and, and he will do it. Amen. First Thessalonians 5, 25, 24, 25. 
There's also another scripture in Philippians that says, it is God that's all the while in us, working in us, both the will and the power to do his good pleasure. And it's a light. The scripture before that, it talks about working out your own salvation with fear and trembling, but that next verse goes on to say how we're to work it out is through reliance on God who's in us doing the work. Yes. Amen. Um, Amen. Hold on a second. Uh, okay, yes. So I'm, I'm, I'm believing. I'm, I know God's word is true. God spoke it, so I'm just believing that it's done. That um, somebody's been set free from a way of thinking, from thinking that they had to do something, keep something, maintain something, fix something, whatever, and you, you're being set free. You don't have to do it. Mm-hmm. Holy Spirit does that. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, I love you ladies so much. Um, Thank you, Shalom and Deborah, for those scriptures. Um, Do you mind, ladies, Shalom, can you just read that part um, out of the Message Bible again, Romans chapter 4. Let's close out with that, and then we'll pray, okay? So how do we fit what we know of Abraham, our first father, into the faith, first father in the faith? into this new way of looking at things. If Abraham, by what he did for God, got God to approve him, he could certainly have taken credit for it. The story we're given is a God story, not an Abraham story. What we read in Scripture is Abraham entered into what God was doing for him, and that was the turning point. He trusted God to set him right instead of trying to be right on his own. If you're a hard worker and do a good job, you deserve your pay. We don't call your wages a gift. But if you see that the job is too big for you, that it's something only God can do, and you trust him to do it, you can never do it for yourself no matter how hard and how long you work. Well, that trusting him to do it, trusting him to do it, is what gets you set right with God, by God. David confirms this way of looking at it, saying that the one who trusts God to do the putting everything right without insisting on having a say in it is one fortunate man. Amen. 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 Lord, we thank you so much for this time, and we thank you so much for your word. Holy Spirit, we thank you for the ministering to us tonight. We thank you for quickening our spirits, that our spirits are made alive in you, and that we have full and instant access to everything that God has. Holy Spirit, I ask that you continue to open our eyes to everything that belongs to us as children of God. I speak that we enter into 
John chapter 1 verse 12, Lord, where you've given us the authority to become fully dependent on you. And Lord, I speak that none of that right, none of that right is thrown away. None of that right is taken for granted. None of that right is abused. But Lord, that we would enter more into that right. We would walk in that authority of depending on you for everything that we need. We're depending on you knowing that we will never fail, we will never lack. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for the work that you have done inside of us, conforming us to the image of Jesus Christ, quickening our spirits, working the character of Jesus in us. And I ask, Father, for revelation on how we have hindered Holy Spirit from doing his work, how we have taken over trying to do Holy Spirit's job. I thank you, Lord, for this scripture in Romans chapter 4, which says Abraham entered into what God was doing for him, and that was the turning point. Father, I speak that turning point over us tonight in Jesus' name, that in areas where we have not entered into what you are doing for us, in areas where we have not entered into what you have already done for us, that you open our eyes and give us revelation and direct our paths into, glory to God, what you have already done for us what you are doing for us. We thank you for this turning point in our lives in Jesus' name. Glory to God. And I speak that tonight, Lord, we will never be the same. I thank you for the word that you gave us last week, Lord, that we are receiving the ministry of the Holy Spirit more than we ever have, and we will continue going from here more and more in Jesus' name. I speak blessing over everyone here um, on this call, over everyone under the sound of my voice. I just speak your blessing. I speak continued revelation. I speak increased communion with the Holy Spirit. I speak increased awareness of your presence, Holy Spirit. Increase of your work, Holy Spirit. Increase of, of your presence in our lives, of, of the awareness of your presence in our lives. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for the testimonies that have come forth. I thank you for showing yourself strong and showing yourself faithful. Glory to God. And Lord, I just speak that every need is met. I speak that every provision is made in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Sweet rest, sweet peace tonight. Sweet sleep tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so, again, um, tonight I will offer, if you all have received anything from this word, you have an opportunity to sow. I will text the information to you. This is your seed going into the kingdom of God saying, yes, I received this word. And yes, I expect to see a manifestation of it in my life. Yes, I expect to see a change and I receive it even now in Jesus' name. So I will... um, Send that link to you if you all choose to. Um, so praise God. God's not trying to take anything from you. He's trying to get it all to you. Amen. 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 All right. Well, I love you, ladies. Have a wonderful night. Are oh, you too? Amen. Amen. Love you too. Amen.